But again, every single time you are going to have any entertainment in America now, you are going to start to see this sort of effort to remind you to feel bad and do something. And that's something that you can do, by the way, is get to work because it's Monday and somebody somewhere needs your money. What's going on? That's my inspirational quote of the day. We're going to get into that story later. Candace Owens is talking about a certain foreign country running ads at the Super Bowl. I found it interesting. I have four clips to show you on that. First story is about Travis Kelsey is doing some sort of film production or he's involved in a film that is getting Biden's first green energy tax credit because of course he is. And New York Republicans lost George Santos' seat. They kicked a Republican out of office like they would because I guess they do that for some reason. We'll talk about that. And they lost the seat that they previously had in a special election. And they did it in the most Republican Party way possible by electing a woman. Well, we'll talk about it in a second. God bless you guys. Dreamer podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? So it looks like we got YouTube here. Eddie's in the house. Medusoid. What is that? Like Medusa plus like a Zoid. It's an interesting one. Marla on Facebook. Looks like we're here. Sounds good. Let's get it started, folks. I got a few stories to get through. First one is about Travis Kelsey. Um, a lot of people, I think, were overexposed to Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. A lot of opinions. Some people said, I just want Taylor Swift to lose the Super Bowl. I heard that a bunch of times. Other people, they like Taylor Swift. They like Travis Kelsey, blah, blah, blah. You've heard about it so much. There's a lot of theories. Some people think they're crazy. Other people think it's obvious. Let's get into one that is published in Variety recently, which is Joe Biden. And this is Look into this story for how Democrats operate and ask yourselves why Republicans don't operate this way and why, if they get power, rather, maybe they should operate and play chess like this. Because in some sort of inflation reduction bill, they gave green energy tax credits to push their agenda. And of course, Travis Kelsey is somehow involved in the first film getting these tax credits from a reduce inflation act that I'm sure... The only way to reduce inflation for normal people is to give Travis Kelsey and his film buddies a tax credit because that's really going to help the American working class is giving Travis Kelsey, who just scored a $20 million Pfizer ad on top of multi-million dollar football contracts. You know, he definitely needs the money, not you or farmers or any of these people. But anyway, I'm sure there's credits in there somewhere or whatever. Probably not. But let's get into the story. So Variety actually publishes, publishes, excuse me, it says Travis Kelsey's debut as a film producer is also the first movie financed using Biden's green energy tax credits. Exclusive story by Tatiana Siegel. Nice name. Joe Biden didn't score an endorsement from Taylor Swift on Super Bowl Sunday, as some had predicted, but her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, is using the president's renewable energy tax credits to finance the film My Dead Friend Zoe. The SXXW bound indie, blah, blah, blah has the Kansas City Chiefs tight end serving as the executive producer. The investments of a low-budget dark comedy, which include Kelsey, blah, 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 are the first to take advantage of the 2022's Inflation Reduction Act to finance the film. So thanks to Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, which passed in 2022, it marks the single largest investment in climate and energy 
in American history, enabling America to tackle the climate crisis, right? Because the only way, folks, the only way we're going to beat the sun, which heats the planet, if you don't know, the sun is ultimately in control of the temperature. I know there's other factors scientifically, but the sun, if you're talking about the experiment known as Earth that exists, that we live in, the sun heats up and ultimately decides the story. But anyway, you know, that that's an, a basic science experiment 101. You can't rule out the fact that there's a giant heat source in the sky called the sun. But anyway, I understand that there are other equations when it comes to how bright and they're spraying skies with some sort of way to try to deflect the light. But, but they admit they're doing that in mainstream publication. But then if you talk about it, they say it's a conspiracy or whatever. But now, of course, the only way to fix this very complex climate crisis that we have on this country, it's a crisis, is to give tax credits to Travis Kelsey, who's just not rich enough to find or fund a, a low budget film himself. You know, it's a low budget comedy that he literally made more money than allegedly probably the entire production of the entire film with a Pfizer ad. But, you know, he needs our tax money from the Joe Biden Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 to fund it. Um, what do you really need to say about this story that you can't already think for yourself? I trust that I have a mostly smart audience. Audience, Of course, there's some dummies in here. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, they're not all winners. Let's just put it that way in any audience. You put a thousand people in a room, mostly good people. But as Trump said, you know, there's going to be some bad hombres in there. Jokes aside, you know, I think my audience is smart enough to put the pieces together on this one. It's not much I really have to say about it besides what a joke. I just like the framing of it because there, there'll be people that complain about it. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. But it's like, no, 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 no. We need to. The only way to fight climate change is to give Travis Kelsey more money. He just doesn't have enough to film or to fund a low budget film. He needs tax credits. But we don't need tax credits. We just need to keep working to pay off foreign wars, which we'll talk about in our third story. Thanks to Candace Owens going off. You go, sister. Uh, jokes aside, I don't know if that's a joke, but I don't I don't say like you go, sister. That's not what that's what makes the joke is because that's not how I talk. OK, I'm a professional news analyst. Please laugh. Thank you. And as our late great friend Jeb Bush once said in a room full of probably lobbyists and donors and people who didn't want to be there. Please clap. Please, please clap. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'll be here all day. I won't be here all day to, you know, show only lasts so long. But Calm down. I mean, I, I, we paid you to clap, but I'm going to pretend like you're, you're doing too much, even though that's your job. Anyway, the second story is Republicans did the most Republican thing ever, and I find it hilarious. I view this WWE theater called politics as a comedy now because it's also a tragedy, but I'd rather laugh at it than cry. It's a coping mechanism. It's why a lot of comedians like they've had a rough life, because what makes you funny sometimes is you're, it's like life is so traumatic that you just start making jokes about it so you don't hate yourself. Like That's why you, you rarely find comedians that are like, I, I remember Chris D'Elia had a joke about it one time. He's like, no, I, I lived a great life. My parents are awesome. And the, the butt of the joke was like most comedians don't have normal lives because I'm not saying everybody who's funny was like had a traumatic life. But I do think that a lot of times you can beat trauma with comedy. So I look at it as a comedy because I don't want to be upset all the time. And the Republicans did the most Republican thing ever, which was drum roll, please. Actually, I don't have a drum roll on here, so I'm not going to do it. 
they had this guy, George Santos, in Congress. I'm sure you've seen him. He was super flaming, like a flaming hot bag of Cheetos. You know what I'm saying? It's just a brand. And uh, I don't know where the guy came from. I don't know why the media was so obsessed with him. Jimmy Kimmel talked about him all the time. The whole situation seemed weird to me because I had no idea who George Santos was, but he was a Republican who won in New York. He got in Congress. His voting record was not bad. I wouldn't put him on the bottom 50%. I'd put him on the top 50%. He was weird. Was he doing some weird stuff? Probably. Was he breaking the law with Congress? I don't know. I didn't really look into it that much, but considering how corrupt and crazy Congress is, I don't think that his scandal was that drastic. I'm sure crazier things have happened, but because for whatever reason, the media liked to target him, they made this huge story out of it and eventually got the Republicans to throw a Republican out of Congress. It, it doesn't even make sense. His voting record is way better than Mitt Romney's and other people. I know Romney's in the Senate, but still, I'm just trying to find, you know, I, I can't think of any like horrific Republican congressman off the top of my uh, head, but half of them, all, almost all of them, he wasn't that bad. They kick him out and then they have a special election. I find out that they lose, right? This is, I mean, I don't know if you guys are going to find this as funny as me. They lose an election that they won by a lot. And I'm like, who did they pick? They picked this Ethiopian born woman who was also serving in the Israeli military. And that's who they chose to get blown out in this, uh, the, or I guess election. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm messing up so much today, but I had a good day yesterday. I'm kind of just chilling, you know, I'm trying, I, I move very fast. My brain moves very fast. And as you guys know, I work almost every day. So I'm trying to take it a little bit slower this year. Bear with me. I'm sorry if it's not as entertaining sometimes, or maybe it's not as fast as I used to go, but I'm like, my brain moves like a computer and it, sometimes it overheats when you just do too much. So I'm trying to slow it down pace. I might mess up a few more times this year, but I promise you I'm enjoying myself. And as long as you do, then we're good. And if you don't, like I've been saying, I'm going to replace you with artificial intelligence. So you have to laugh. This is like a communist country where, you know, Kim Jong-un walks in the room. Hey, Anomaly's here. <laughs> exactly right. Better laugh harder. Else I'll be anyway, here's the lady who got blown out in the special election. Eight weeks and we did a great job. We are the fighters. Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here. I did. Amen. I did call my opponent. I congratulated him. So people noticed on right wing Twitter that I saw they were saying like, you know, why did the GOP run somebody with broken English? I don't really care, to be honest, but they just noticed they're like, why, why was that the choice of the GOP? With a little more research, I, I found out that she was an Israeli American and she had her name is Mazi Pilip and uh, she was facing off against a Democrat. She was a former IDF paratrooper. So the GOP chose to run an Ethiopian woman who served in the Israeli military as a congressman in New York City and lost miserably. It's like, am I supposed to care? We're at we're in two wars basically right now. I mean, we're not directly fighting, but we're funding both sides of the war. And Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, God bless everybody involved. I hope they find peace and I don't like any of the evil I see. But as long as you're taking hundreds of billions of dollars from American citizens, this is going to be a growing trend that you're going to see. 
because we're 30 something trillion dollars in debt. People can't afford stuff right now. Our cities are going to shit. Our airports look like shit. Our country's going to shit. Our border doesn't exist. We have a guy in there named Mallorcas who literally cries and plays the victim and, and uh, you know, literally tries to basically accuse you of being hateful towards his ethnicity if you say that he's doing a terrible job. He's running it like a nonprofit, just open border nonsense. Uh, and, and all we're doing is dumping money to other countries. We can't even get congressmen or woman or, you know, Congress trans, I think you got to say now, congressman it used to be, and then they let woman into politics, and now it's congresswoman, and now it's Congress Rachel Levine. They got a name for everything. Um, you know, Congress Pfizer. No, but um, like, I don't know. I, I'm supposed to want to run to the polls. This isn't my district, so I could care less, but I'm supposed to want to run to the polls for a lady who worked for a foreign military that we're funneling hundreds of billions of dollars to over the course of 40, 50 years. Like, I wonder which way she's going to vote on those bills, <laughs> you know? And then they're passing laws to say that it's technically hate speech, anti-Semitism to say that anybody in America has loyalty to a foreign country. Sure. But does someone who literally served in a foreign military, do they have any loyalty to the country that they served? I think they should. It would make sense if they did. Why would you fight for a country you have no loyalty to? So, you know, the whole situation is just obvious. And uh, the GOP is is a joke. I mean, that's that they kicked out their own Congress member. Think about this. They had a Republican there. He was super gay ish, maybe possibly. Maybe he's straight. Maybe he's just he's like a flaming bag of Cheetos or something. Not trying to be mean, just trying to be funny. He knows how flaming he is. It's fine. If he called me flaming, I'd probably laugh. It's not true, but it's funny. Um, we had a guy who voted fine. They kicked him out for corruption as if there's none going with the Pelosi family or anything like that. Just we got to kick out George Santos, not Nancy. But OK, we kick out our own member, run a lady who served in a foreign military and then lose the election by 10 points. And then you got all these like DeSantis supporters on Twitter crying about it. And it's like. They're like, oh, it's because of Trump and Trump saying it's because she didn't endorse. Why don't you try running somebody who served in our military? I don't know. Well, like maybe that'll work better. No, I like that. If I'm voting, it's like obviously veteran isn't everything to me. But if they are a veteran, I would prefer them to be a veteran of our military. No, would that not? If I wouldn't vote in that election, to be honest, it's like if there was a guy that's like Republican, but he served in the Ukrainian military pass, served in the Russian military pass, served in either side of the Israel war pass, you know, like I don't want. Even someone that served in like a, I don't know, a Somalian army or anywhere. It's like, how about a vet? Like, didn't America used to elect veterans of our country? Wasn't that important? Have we ever just openly started electing other people's military members? Like, is that normal? Are they trying to normalize that now and make it seem like it's hateful to notice that they're doing it? Like, would we hire a guy who worked for China or Canada? Like, I, I don't know, you know, even our great, well, who are our allies? Like, do, do we even have any real allies anymore? I don't know. Canada, Germany, like, would you want to elect a German military, ex-German military member to American? I mean, isn't that what NASA did with Operation Paperclip? Uh -oh, I don't look that up, but uh, yeah, like, I don't know. What's going on here? Am I supposed to care? I don't. It's a comedy and a tragedy, but. We laugh around these parts, folks, because why get that upset anymore? It's just obvious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
Thank you guys so much. Clap or Kim Jong-un is going to come in the room with his heavy artillery. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next story. I saw this kind of floating around. You know, Candace, I believe she took a break for little. She had a new kid. God bless her. She's obviously a friend of the show, a friend of mine. Um, I saw her go off about Israel ran three ads in the Super Bowl that Listen, I'm not an alcoholic, folks. I don't drink that often. I don't promote it on my show. I don't think it's very healthy, but the boy was having a good time on the Super Bowl. So I was watching attentively for about 15, 20 minutes, and I don't even remember a single Israel Super Bowl commercial, to be honest. They said Kanye ran a Super Bowl commercial. Didn't see that one. I, I saw the Dunkin' Donuts one. I guess I missed half the game. Or half the commercials. So you not have to go to the bathroom at some point, take a pee. Anyway, too much information. But I didn't even see, I, I'm not even just joking. I didn't see a single one of these commercials. But apparently they ran three. And Candace is making a very interesting point. And I know she's probably going to get a lot of backlash because I've said it a lot. You're going to notice this trend of more people sounding like Candace sounds right now because it's not hateful or negative or mean. It's just America's broke. Our, the guy who runs our DHS won't build the border. He basically accused Josh Howley of being anti-Semitic for suggesting that he's doing a terrible job. The uh, Mayorkas, you know, he basically really kind of veiled was like, dude, don't say that because of my family. And it's like, it has nothing to do with you or your, like, I don't care if you were black or whiter than an albino. It's like, you suck at, it's not the Department of Homeland Security. It's the Department of Homeland Invasion. And everyone knows it. So let's not kid ourselves. Um, but a lot of Americans, it's it's not coming from hate of a country or love of the other side. They try to frame it like, do you like Hamas? No. Do you like Russia? I don't care about Russia. I'm not Russian. I'm not. That's not my motherland. I don't look at Putin like, oh, I want to go home, daddy. Like, that's not I'm not Russian at all. I don't hate Russians. And I don't hate Ukrainians. But I hate when people try to throw me in a box and say that I'm one of them because I haven't. I'm American. I want the border secured. I want a functional country. And I want leaders that actually like us and believe in the First Amendment. Is that too much to ask for? So they're going to say, talk like this is hateful. They're going to say it's pro-Putin. They're going to say it's anti-Semitic. They're going to say it's fascist. They're going to say all sorts of things. But in, in reality, it's just a normal American who feels a certain way. But listen to what she's saying here. Four clips. Let's get them started because I could talk about this all day. And so the big reminder, number four, that I want you to walk away with is that we're not allowed to have any entertainment anymore here in America unless it comes with propaganda to remind you to get to work, right? To get to work because we have a vision of how your tax dollars should be spent overseas. And so it's quite remarkable that Israel, the government that takes billions of dollars from us every year, decided to take not two, but three commercials. Now, the government themselves sponsored two commercials at the Super Bowl. I got four clips, but I want to say this. When we give Pfizer, or or not just Pfizer, but Big Pharma, $18 billion, Operation Warp Speed, we buy 100 million Pfizer doses, so then we're giving them the, the profits of buying their doses at probably a crazy rate that it wasn't worth, but whatever. Now they have billions of taxpayer dollars. This is not the free market. There's nothing free market about America when our government's giving them money and then they run a bunch of ads and it's like, well, yeah, it's because Trump and Biden gave them money. Trump gave them money. He bought the doses. Biden bought the doses. I'm sure he gave them more money. I didn't check. 
that's why that like with Israel, we give them billions of dollars every year. So it's nothing for them to run a $7 million ad. I'm not saying they're using our money, but if, if you don't want people to think that, then why take foreign aid? Cause everybody wants our money. But then when we say something, they say it's hate speech or something. So, you know, with what Candace is saying here, she's just like, okay, they're, they're running an ad in America for a foreign conflict. And that's her opinion. And her opinion is wildly unpopular, at, you know, amongst the Ben Shapiro's of the world. Let's keep playing. Now, of course, why would this premiere during a Super Bowl? There's nothing that we as the American people can do about that hostage effort over there. So what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to pull at your heartstrings and make you not ask any questions about what they're doing overseas. And actually, last night, in case you're wondering, while the Super Bowl was on, Netanyahu bombed a refugee camp. But don't ask any questions about that. You need to get to work and feel bad and have your heartstrings pulled to justify every war that's happening overseas that you're largely probably ignorant of what's happening overseas. And I mean, she's coming out, really speaking. As far as that war, I've kind of tuned it out and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but there's a war in Ukraine and Russia. Allegedly, hundreds of thousands of people have died over there. I don't know what to believe. I'm not saying they're lying about that, but I, I'm just not passionate to follow that war day by day and really know what's going on. I don't have it in me anymore, and it's not my passion, and I just don't see the benefit. When it comes to Israel and Palestine, same thing. I hear both sides. I hear what both sides are saying. I hear about the hostages. They want to free them. Palestinians are saying that they're killing tens of thousands of kids. Associated Press or Reuters or both of them came out this week and said that they that Israel has killed over 10,000 kids or, or they called them minors because they didn't want to say they were children. Apparently, they did it some sort of attack on Super Bowl when no one was paying attention. I only know what I hear. She said it. People I follow have said it. Other people are yelling at each other. It's just not a conflict that I really want to get involved in. But, you know, I've heard the logic before I play the next clip. I'm trying to be logical about this because it's like I understand that both sides have interests, both sides want a claim to the land, both sides don't feel comfortable or safe. I'm very compassionate to the Israel side and I'm very compassionate to the Palestine side. I get it. Where I see the illogic, and I'm not saying that both sides aren't doing this, but uh, when I listen to people like uh, Dershowitz and others, or, or you know, I don't know Mark Levin. I'm trying to think like who said this. It's been so long, but they were trying to say that like the you know everybody there deserves it because of the election where they elected Hamas. Like that election was I think 20 years ago. Most of the, half the population in Gaza apparently is under 18. So not only was it a, an election so long, like sh should Americans be able to get blown up and children in America get blown up because of George Bush? Like that's crazy logic just to kill kids because of an election. But it's even crazier when you realize that the election was 20 years ago. So I'm not saying the Palestinian side is innocent because I know they're not. But it's like when you listen to these people and what they're saying, it's like, what else are you really supposed to take from it besides they're trying to justify killing people on the other side, even people that had nothing to do with it and saying that they had something to do with it. And I'm sure on that side that there's people doing the same thing. I'm not saying it, it's it's exclusive to one side, but it's like I'm it's a disgusting, crazy mess over there. And I want really nothing to do with it, to be honest. I want it to be solved. But, you know, I can't even go to San Francisco anymore. Like if I got booked for a gig in San Francisco, I'd rather go to Iraq at this point. I'm not even joking. Like I'm not saying it's necessarily that bad or what you could say what you want. But like I, this country sucks now like this, like everything that. 
I like in this country is getting worse. The food sucks. The quality of food that we're feeding our people is disastrous. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying from fentanyl. The border's wide open. All the leaders of this country hate us. They're trying to kick the most qualified people out of every position and, and replace them with some sort of left-wing drone. We have issues here. Can we, can we solve them or no? Are we just going to be shamed and guilted as our government sends money to everybody else and then they use that money against us or at least for their own causes? So, you know, Candace is very brave, very bold. And I predict that just as I did in 2019, by the way, I said, I was talking about the speech laws, the anti-Semitism speech laws. And I said, listen, this, this is a pro-America position. It has nothing to do with Israel or Palestine. Not saying nothing's going on there, but this, I'm an American citizen. I'm Christian. I'm certain ethnicities. I could rattle them all off, but I'm three or four ethnicities. It's like, I don't want a speech law for my own ethnicity to protect me from certain things. So why are so many people silent about these speech laws? I assume that they want them. They just won't talk about them because they know if they talk about it, it'll be wildly unpopular. So it's been happening since 2019. Everyone thought I was crazy. Don't want to talk about it too much because I feel like I've said this so many times, but I believe that I got blacklisted from conservative media. Before you see all these dingbats that you see now, there weren't that many people supporting Trump and conservative in 2018, 2019. It wasn't that popular like it is now. They blacklisted me because they want to push an agenda that prioritizes Zionism over the First Amendment or America. And four years later, five years later, the position that I took then, which was the honorable one, the correct one, the righteous one, and the true one, and the kind one, nothing hateful about it, now it's becoming more and more and more popular. I'm not, it's because it's true. So, you know, as our country falls apart, people aren't going to want to push speech laws that say it's hate speech to say that you know, someone has loyalty to another country while we're funneling money to that country. Like that's not ever going to be popular. The only reason it's even semi-popular is because no one knows that it's happening because Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, Steven Crowder, all, all of these mainstream people that you see, the Brett Weinsteins of the world, you know, they won't talk about it. And Brett Weinstein, incredibly nice guy. I think he means well. I would even say he's a good guy. I don't think he's a mean or terrible guy at all. But he's being paraded as this like alternative media hero, COVID hero. He was pro lockdown. He was pro mask. He wore goggles. He wore gloves. The dude is like a pseudo intellectual liberal professor who figured everything out two years too late. And now they're acting like he's some sort of shining beacon on the hill when it actually mattered to stand up for freedom in this country. He was nowhere to be found because he's too liberal to, to realize these things. And he's too big of a ninny. And, and it's like, you know, that's why nobody knows everything in conservative media, because they 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 just like give you the safest, lamest people and act like they're so smart. Like, yeah, Brett Weinstein, like he's smart if you're like five years old or if you never heard anything and he's not dumb. He was a liberal professor. He's an intelligent guy, but he's like there's better people out there. And but if you take the stance that Candace is taking, if she would have done this before she got big, they probably would have tried to never let her get there. Um, but she's so big now, like, what can they really do about it? What are they going to do? Fire her or say something? And, and what looks stupid because she's bigger than everybody at that platform. So brave, brave moment here. Look what she says. And uh, I'll keep talking about it. Another NGO ran a third ad that was pro-Israel. And this time they just told you that you need to tell your reps to send more money. Take a listen. LifeShifter.com lets you automatically contact your local reps and demand the release of all the hostages now. It's a real f 
app. Not only will it change lives, it will save lives. So use the app. Don't use the app. I don't give a f Let's bring them home now. Lifeshifter.com. Looking around, still pretty sure I live in America, so I am not really sure this reads. It's a crazy, I didn't even see that ad during the Super Bowl, but it's crazy to use that guy. He's one of the most annoying, most insufferable people that I've seen on social media in the last 10 years. Him and Portnoy had a falling out. They were weird. Like that guy, God bless him. Never met him. Sure, he's a nice guy or whatever, but out of like anyone I've seen on social media in any field, he's got to be like top five. Maybe like Keith Olbermann would be in that category, but like Michael Rappaport, he's in that Keith Olbermann category of just like insufferable, annoying people. And that's who they ran for the ad. That's who they used for the ad to try to get sympathy for that country. It's a crazy, in my opinion, marketing error. But, um, you know, I understand. I want to say this too real quick because people are like, did you see that Michael Rappaport is, is going to vote for Trump now? Like he had his awakening and Bill Ackman had his awakening, right? The guy who was funding. Oh, they're, they're all, you think they're having an awakening? No, it's like, I mean, just listen to Michael. Am I even allowed to say this in America now? Because they keep passing anti-Semitism laws that say that it's, it's anti-Semitic to say any American has loyalty to Israel. Are you allowed to say Michael Rappaport, who just ran an ad for Israel, has loyalty to Israel? Can you say that in America? Because Trump, DeSantis, Kemp, Youngkin, they're all passing laws to define it by law to say that that's anti-Semitism. That's hate speech. That's a ramped up hate crime. They're doing that stuff. They're, they're pushing the legal definition of anti-Semitism. So you can't say that Michael Rappaport, a guy who just ran an ad for a foreign country, likes a foreign country. You're not allowed to say that. Why would they pass a speech law? Does anybody like how many? Why? It, I mean, if people in this country don't even care about the food they're eating, that they're putting crazy stuff in all our food and no one cares, how are they going to care about a speech law? I think that's what the elites think about America. They're like, these idiots don't even realize what's going on in the food. And they're going to care about this or that. These dummies are just fighting over Joe Biden and Trump. And it's true. And we're not the victims. We have no one to blame. Like, if you don't care about yourself, no one is obliged to care about you. Life is tough, right? Um, but with that being said, I don't think that Rappaport and, and these people are having this like massive conservative awakening. They're trying to figure out which side of politics is good for the things that they want to do. What do they want to do? You can only think it nowadays because if you say it, they're going to say it's hate speech, but it's not that hard to figure out. So it's like conservatives are always like 15 steps behind. It's like, oh, he, he, he likes Trump now. Why? Because he's conservative? Because he wants to build it? No, because he's trying to, you know, there's a there's another country out there that liberals are more critical of. They're, they're the ones in the streets protesting. And, and by the way, liberal... Uh, protesters are so annoying they wear masks they block airports it's annoying they throw fits at the mona lisa like it's annoying i i can't stand left-wing protesters if they just protest I, it's fine but all the other stuff they're doing last clip then we're gonna move on this reads to me like zelensky at the grammys zelensky on vanity fair zelensky asking to be invited to the oscars so he can make a speech it is telling us that, we, again, we need to care about something overseas. Why would we call our rep to do something that has nothing to do with America? I'm going to call my rep. I'm going to demand that they, you know, close up our borders and do something about that issue. But again, every single time you are going to have any entertainment in America now, you are going to start to see this sort of effort to remind you to 
feel bad and do something. And that's something that you can do, by the way, is get to work because it's Monday and somebody somewhere needs your. Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire tweeted this out the other day. I was pleasantly surprised. He said, uh, you know, we can put our moon landing discussions aside. He said foreign aid by definition is taxation without representation. Taxpayers are funding foreign governments without any say in how the funds are used. This country was literally formed to stop that sort of injustice. The whole world of the whole system of foreign aid is corrupt, immoral, and evil. Things are moving so fast in this country that people don't understand what's going on. Like they remember the days when potatoes were potatoes, tomatoes were tomatoes, or perhaps a tomato if you're stupid. No, I'm just kidding. If you didn't pronounce it that way, I'm just joking. Uh, that's not what's going on anymore. Look at ketchup in America. Look at ketchup in France. Look at the, the things that you put on everything in America. Look at them in Germany. Guys, our food is crazy. And no one cares. And no one notices. All it would take is the zombies in this country to be like, why are you feeding me that? Take out all that shit and just give me tomatoes seasoning. And there's got to be a healthier preservative or just put it in the fridge. But Americans are stupid. They just keep doing it. When it comes to income tax, income tax is not American. It's not capitalist. It's not free market. Income tax is theft. There are a bunch of great documents, including, I can't think of the names right now, but you know I'm going to have G. Edward Griffin on later this week. He, he recommended one of these books. I think it was a Bastiat book. I forget the name of it, but it's like income tax is theft. They called it plunder, which is just stealing. Like you would think of a, you know, a pirate plundering. They're stealing. They made income tax normal in America. Now they're just stealing everybody's money and no one cares. They're feeding you shit. They're forcing you to inject your body. The, someone pointed this out on Twitter very intelligently. I've thought of this in different ways, but this guy really laid it out super, super intelligently. So I'm going to paraphrase. You know what? I like to give people credit on this show. So let me, let me find this guy's name and I'll read exactly what he said because I was impressed. All right. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Potato Skin, Moron Advanced. Nice name. Way to capitalize on this. <laughs> Moron Advanced or Mr. Potato Skin. He said, in the USA, the food is directed by the FDA. The Food and Drug Administration, they are lumped together. The Drug Administration is in charge of food. Thus, the food is full of drugs. Central planning of food against the will of the people. I like how he put that. Central planning of food. I've heard before and I've said before that the FDA is food and drugs, and that's weird. But the way he said they're centralizing it, so when you put the food and drugs together, the drugs take over the food. The food is the drug. They, they just merge them. But food is food. Drugs are drugs. In fact, if you look up the definition of pharmaceutical, pharma, the, these words come from magic, spell casting, like, you know, like dark matter. Like, I'm not saying it's all bad, but pharma, pharma, that word in that term, in that, you know, beginning is not did not necessarily mean medicine for a long time it meant like magic and like witchcraft like it had like ties to to those type of things i don't know if it was pharmaceutical or i forget how they used to say it but anyway it's like we're getting robbed and then as they're robbing us they're sending our money to other countries listen god bless ukraine and god bless israel i have nothing against the country the people none of that 
I'm a worldly guy. I love people of all places, good people. And I don't like, you know, I, I like places that are fun to go. I like people that are genuine. And every ethnic group has genuine people and scumbags. That's just the reality of earth as we know it. Um, with that being said, why can't Israel take out a loan? Why can't Ukraine take out a loan? We have no money. We have no border. We have no functional cities right now. They're okay. They, they're, they're falling apart. Why do they need our taxpayer money? Because it's because we're working for it. It's just what it is. The government of America is robbing us all blind. And then with the money they rob us all blind, they give 20, 30 billion to NASA, 20 billion to Israel, 10 billion to Israel, 3 billion to Israel, 50 billion to Ukraine, 10 billion to Ukraine, 5 billion to Ukraine, Taiwan. Nah, nah, nah. They're just sending our money. It's just theft. They're just stealing our money and sending it to other places. If we can take out more debt in order to give money to other countries that we don't have, why can't they take out the money? Because our, our country is being, in my opinion, and it's nobody's fault but our own. Let me just make this clear because I don't think we're victims. I'm not saying other countries are even doing this to us because they're not. We're doing it to ourselves, but we're essentially being held for a ransom where it's like we're just being sucked dry by 50,000 different entities, corporations, and we're all just sitting here and nobody can figure anything out because of television propaganda, you know? Left-wingers want to wear three masks for the rest of their wives, lives, wear wives, lives, wear goggles. I don't know what they're trying to do. They need, need 15 shots in order to go here, whatever. Then the right is just obsessed with Donald Trump. They don't even pay attention. They're just like, Trump, Trump, they're like drooling at the mouth. They can't even think straight. Sometimes I'm like trying to talk to people and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to vote for Trump. And they can't even like say words anymore. They just say like Trump, like, like their brain's broke. And they're like, all right, but what about the food you're eating? Why can't like chips aren't bad if they're chips, if they have 500 ingredients, it's insane. Why? And then there's all these, uh, all these articles. It's like, oh, look at all these kids dying for fentanyl. Look at all these people getting these diseases that they didn't have 30 and 40 years ago. I wonder why could it be the pharmaceutical industry that Donald Trump funded and Biden funded, and you guys don't care because you're fighting like kindergartners over two puppets that are almost 80 years old. It's insane that Biden's in the White House. Dude's too old. He's 81 years old. It's actually, he is impressive for his age. He's not impressive for a leader, but for someone that's 81, it's insane that he's even able to stand up straight and walk as fast as he walks. I'm not joking. And Trump's doing well for 77, but geez. But people don't even care about the food that they're eating or the fact that they're getting robbed. I don't I don't know what it's going to take, but I think it's going to it's going to take this country just getting shittier and shittier and shittier and shittier and shittier. And then people will wake up. Left wingers need to wake up more. But to be honest, on certain topics, right wingers need to wake up more. I don't know what it's going to take, but it's like what? Why does no one care? I don't get it. Like, oh, isn't it sad that everyone's getting diseases? Yeah. Have you ever listened to a pharmacy commercial? Have you ever listened to the side effects? Have you ever heard what's in the side effects? It's some of those diseases. Have you ever watched a commercial of suing a company for a product that they just gave you three years ago and it's some lawyer? Have you ever heard of what they're spraying on the stuff? Have you ever read the ingredients of what you're eating? Like, what is it? I don't know. All, everything, every, literally everything that we're doing, this isn't normal in this country. I like America, but 
even other countries are like, what are you doing? Like, this is insane. You go to most of the world, they don't do pharmaceutical. We're overrun by the pharmaceutical industry. Our food is overrun by the pharmaceutical industry. And no one cares. I don't know what to say about it. I'm 34 years old now. If you if you really want to go on an anomaly history lesson or whatever, go look up my music. Some of it's degenerate because I was 19, 18 years old, 20 years old. Go listen to my early rap. I'm rapping about the pharmaceutical industry. I'm like, why does nobody care? How could I figure it out? And I'm 18 years old because I have common sense. Even when I was 18, it's like, you don't think I saw that they were giving people drugs? They tried to give me drugs. They told me that I needed ADD Adderall. I've told this story before. My mom said, there's nothing wrong with my son. He just needs to listen. And she was right. And I still don't listen. And I, I made a living off of it. So God bless my mom. But they would have shoved freaking borderline heroin down my throat or whatever these pharmaceutical drugs are. They're like offshoots of like freaking jacking your kids up. It's like maybe your kid's an athlete. Maybe your kid's a... Uh, you know, a musician, maybe he's creative, maybe, maybe he wants to code and he doesn't want to sit in, in geography class. It doesn't mean all the kids need pharmaceutical pills. They made customers out of all these kids. So I saw this when I was 18. Why does no one else see it? I don't know. Am I really smart? Am I like Jimmy Neutron or something? Maybe please flatter me. You know, I'll, I'll press the clap button. So I clap for me. Now I'm just, or maybe people, concept to realize like what the pharmaceutical industry is doing to the country i figured it out 17 years ago but to this day it's like no one cares or maybe they're um demoralized you know tired uh beaten down by the system lazy i you know i don't know i go i have downtime where i don't really care about anything but at a certain point you know, if we lifted each other up a little bit, then we could all kind of get back on the on the horse and, and ride in the right direction. Um, what do you guys think it's going to take for people to care that the food they're eating is insane? You don't have to stop buying everything all the time and be a perfect person. Read the ingredients, you know, go to a supermarket, just read what's in it. They got a whole aisle of chips. If you want to eat chips, they have brands now that don't have all the crazy stuff in it. And the more you buy those brands, the more the other ones have to switch their ingredients. McDonald's in America is not the same as McDonald's in Europe. They hate us. They're, they look at us like we're idiots or something. It's like their, their quality is better in other countries. Here, it's all like artificial. They can't get away with it in Europe due to regulations, but also just common sense. I don't know what it's going to take guys, but I'm tired of being just looted and robbed for what looted and robbed. So the department of Homeland security can cry victim and accuse others of essentially hate speech as they pass hate speech laws in this country to make it illegal to even say anything or try to, at least it's not easy due to the first amendment. What, like what's improving in this country? National parks are cool. I like this country. I like the people here. But the leadership is insane. They throw out a flaming Republican who is spending his money oddly, but at the same time, his voting record's not that bad. And they run a foreign military member and lose the election by like double digits or nearly that to a Democrat. Like, what's going on? 
why I, do, do people not what more i don't know what more people need that's why i work at my own pace now because it's like you know for the first five years of my career i'll get a little personal now um i was trying to like wake people up i was i liked what i did i also was younger i had i'm not gonna say i don't have energy now but like i you know it's a different vibe when you're 26 25 27 the more you go during COVID, you do this, do this, do this. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's the people that are supposed to be closest to you that that are worse to you than your, your own worst enemies. Like, I don't even like using the word enemy because I'm just a very spiritual person. I like to like use my words carefully, but it's like your own team will hurt you more than your quote unquote own worst enemy. That's why I don't play the victim. I don't say, oh, that country is doing it to me. These people are doing it to me. They try to say that I'm doing that in the press, but I don't. I'm not a victim. My life is fine. Our country's not a victim. White people, Christians, conservatives, whatever, whoever, whatever group you want to pick, pick any group. You're not a victim. You're buying what's being sold. Why? I don't know. It's just as crazy to buy it as it is to sell it. Why are people doing it? I don't know. But early on, it's like you're trying to make information, wake people up, and then you get to a point where you realize that the people that want to get it will get it and others won't and and everybody will need something to make them get it and some maybe never will so it's like all right let me work at my own pace let me not drive myself like crazy or you know make myself overwork to the point where like i'm not i'm not good at what i do anymore i'm not having fun and this year it's like my main message besides i think living in the present i've been doing that more this year it's been very enjoyable because maybe not the most important thing news wise but for my journey in my life i had uh, quite a few video or quite a few views on youtube but my career was kind of like it went like a roller coaster it went up i had like record label meetings and like millions of views and hundreds of thousands of downloads with no equipment got brought to new york city multiple people tried to sign me i said no it didn't work out and then i was kind of like in the gutter and I'm not saying my life was bad. I was in LA. I had no car for seven years. I barely, I was rent to rent or month to month with rent. I never missed a paycheck. I'm very proud of this. I said it in my song, Working Class Boy. Never asked for money from my dad. Never asked for money from my mom. Never had money. Never had a car. Never missed rent. Never, never was behind. I'm a real man. Even when I was 23 years old, I was a boy, but I became a man because I didn't let myself go poor, end up on the streets. And when I realized that I had everything I needed, that's when I became who people see today. I know it's been a journey and I was a weird, like I look back at videos two years ago, I'm like, oh, I was weird, my hair is too long. Like, I don't know, I've just been so dialed into what I'm doing, I don't even pay attention to how I look sometimes because I'm just, I'm just like focused on working. I'm like, you know, I got like weird hair like Albert Einstein, I'm not saying that smart, but I'm just, it's like, I'm not paying attention to what I look like, I don't care, I'm doing the work. With that being said, once I realized to live in the present moment, be grateful and stop, I was always looking for everything external. I'm getting somewhere with this. I, I promise it's coming somewhere. And then I was like, wait, I have a computer. I have a cell phone. I, I might not have any money. I might not have any in industry connections. They might not want to sign me, but I have it inside me and I'm going to show the world. And that's when I got to where I am now, a billion views, millions of followers. You know, they still act like I'm irrelevant. And I'm I'm just saying this business-wise, not to brag like as a personal ego thing, but it's like so many of these corporations, they'll sign other people, they'll, they'll, they'll give me shitty deals or whatever. And it's like, I'm bigger than they want to admit. Like 
billions of views, billions with a B. Like they can pretend like it's 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 not that big, but it is. Every time I walk down the street, people like it's that big. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying in business, they'll be like, oh, well, we don't say you're that big. I don't give a shit who says what. It doesn't matter if CNN says it, if the right wing news says it, this guy says it. You can't define who I am and what I've done. It's already out there and people already know it. You don't control my destiny. But when I lived in the present moment, I created everything from nothing. And then once I got money, more responsibility, more this, more that, more taxes, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff kind of tied me up for a year. I'm not saying I did nothing because I still think I did okay, but I was kind of exhausted. You know, I got less healthy for a little while and I had some little health problems I don't want to talk about, but I'm fine, I hope. But anyway, um, I got out of the present moment. I stopped living in the now. I stopped being as grateful as I used to be. It's not like I was not grateful at all, but I just got tired, exhausted on a hamster wheel. This year I got off that and it's like, listen, I have to say no more. Say notice, I want to do certain podcasts and certain things and this and that, certain business things, but I, I don't have the time and I'd rather do less things 100% than split myself in a million different directions. So that's my main message of the year is, you know, we're all busy. I'm not going to say everyone's struggling, but everybody's struggling with something. This world is getting weird and, you know, bills are getting high and they're not necessarily giving the money back. They're sending it to other countries. So everybody's feeling it. That's my main message because it's so easy in this world to, to not live in the present moment, to not be grateful and to, to forget that, especially with cell phones, especially with technology, especially with social media. Social media makes it so hard. You know, I, it's hard for me to put my phone down. Sometimes I feel like a crackhead. I'm not even having fun on it. My hand hurts. It's like, what am I doing? Like why? But you know, sometimes the internet's better than being out in the real world, you know, if you're, if you're like overstimulated from it, but you know, if people get back to the basics, I think that would uh, benefit everybody this year. Cause I think when things get stressful, when money gets tight, when the economy gets crazy and when the world gets crazy, it becomes easier to not live in the present moment. And it becomes easier to, to drift away from what made you happy and successful in the first place. And this is really just not me telling others what to do, but me telling my story, hoping that I'm sure a lot of people feel that way just because the world's so crazy. Uh, January was awesome for me. This February has been awesome. Getting back to the present moment, enjoying my life, and also just like being grateful in now, in the now, as opposed to like always somewhere else. When you're always somewhere else, you're never pleasant to be around. If you're the, some of the most pleasant people you ever talk to, you're like, yo, that guy's a cool guy. That guy's a nice guy. Obviously, personality has something to do with it, you know, and like there's there's some reasons for that. But a lot of it is people that are just thoughtful and people that are present. Like if you're talking to someone and they're right there, they're pleasant to talk to. If you're talking to someone that's in a million different direction on the phone, texting, they're not they're not pleasant to be around, right? So half of what makes people pleasant or maybe more than half is the ability to be in the present moment, to, to let go of their ego, to let go of all the stress and, and let go of all the other things and give you 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, whatever that time is, just really be there and really make it authentic. That's what makes you want like somebody You're like, oh, that's, a, that's that guy's like better. What makes him better to talk to than them? They're kinder. They're nicer. They're not dicks. They're there. They're not fleeting. So if we all got back to that a little bit, I think that's a huge W for the year. And you notice that has nothing to do with politics, it has nothing to do with Trump or Biden or Republicans or Democrats, because I think that that's more important, personally. Um, 
I always talk about self-accountability, but that's something more specific into self-accountability that I think it is benefiting me greatly. Um, and it benefits others because life can be a rat race. Money can be a rat race. Business can be a rat race. A lot of things like the politics, it's all like a cycle that just never ends. And you're just like running, you know, at taxes. I got to pay taxes just like everyone else in April. The more I do, the harder it is to pay taxes. It makes me want to do less. Like I don't, I don't envy these people who run big companies. I'm sure there's people that watching the show who run bigger companies than me. And it's like, it's stressful. You know, it's, it's like the more you do, the more you pay, the more you got to get this, you got to get that. It's like, can I just do what I'm great at? And then you rob me every year. Why do I have to, why do I have to spend two months preparing all this stuff? And then you rob me. Like I'm getting robbed five times. You're robbing my time. You're robbing my money. You're robbing my happiness. <laughs> you know, like taxes are, are crazy. But once you get it down and the structure down, it's not too, too bad for some people. But uh, I'm just getting back to the present moment. I think that that's helpful. Politically, um, you know, people need and it's so hard for people to do this because of ego and team sports. And but people got to not be so stubborn. The left is really stubborn and the right is really stubborn. When I was younger, I never liked Republicans because I grew up in the George Bush era. I saw through George Bush. I saw through the war. I saw through it all. I mean, I would have been what people call a conspiracy theorist because I didn't believe what they were telling me and turned out I was right. Um, so I never liked Republicans because I was like, George Bush sucks. When Obama got in, I never necessarily liked him that much. Uh, he was okay. He was cool. But I thought he was a puppet too. I wasn't like obsessed with him. Maybe I thought he was better than Mitt Romney because and John McCain because I knew that they sucked, but I never liked Republicans. And then when Trump ran, Trump was uh, kind of sounded like a conspiracy theorist. You know, he was saying more authentic information than anyone else. So then I started liking Trump because it's like, well, he's better than Hillary. That's that's obvious. Um, and then liberals got more stubborn and then liberals got crazy. Like, I don't know if they maybe they were always that crazy. I didn't notice. I wasn't paying attention. Liberals got like out of their mind over Donald Trump and it got weird. And then I defended Donald Trump and I defended conservatives and then I became more conservative and then I became a Republican, you know, registered. I don't all that other stuff they're doing. I'm not like Charlie Kirk or Benny Johnson, but they're registered Republicans. So I guess they're on my voting team or whatever. But, uh, you know, and now after 2020, then Trump kind of was weird during the lockdown Operation War Speed. He ran around selling vaccines and like yelling at his people or whatever and then it felt like both sides were just annoying me and i felt that way for years so i'm like i will still vote republican on most things i'm not voting democrat on it pretty much anything at this point i don't see why what what's really there but both sides are just like they're 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 so stubborn that they can't even come together over what food they're eating like people are just looking for a fight there's certain people that they get in fight like uh the guy on the new york subway who like saved that person's life like i wouldn't consider that some guy who's looking for it i feel like that you know a situation happened and that guy jumped at the opportunity to like do something about it but there's other people that, that, that they're always looking for a fight they're looking for conflict there's left wingers like that there's right wingers like that there's men like that you know what i'm saying there's men that go out to a bar and they got to fight every time they go getting back to the present moment these are people that are not pleasant to be around, people that are constantly trying to fight other people or be annoying. That happens in politics as well. People go to events looking for trouble and then they find it and then they cry about it and then they monetize the victimhood off of the trouble that they look for. 
And, you know, you could convince yourself that you're a liberal and because you're liberal, you're so much better than Republicans. And you can convince yourself, well, I like Trump. I'm so much better than those libtards. But if you take away the libtard or you take away the Republican, who are you? What are you doing? You know, that's what defines you, not putting yourself against someone else. Yeah, I guess you could be better or worse or whatever, but you could spend three years being better than a Democrat and still being an idiot because they're not impressive at all. So it's like you're stooping down to their level for three years, running circles around cat turd. And now your IQ dropped 20 points because you're spending time in really dumb echo chambers with really dumb, like circular opinions. So politically, it's like, I think voting makes sense if you think one of the candidates is better. But if you haven't at least considered or floated the idea that it's complete WWE and the Republican Party is really just and the Democratic Party in some ways, depending what you see and how you see it, they're really just like a, they're there to lose. I've said this. I'll make it very brief. But like for those who maybe this is the first time they've watched or something in WWE, it's scripted. I think it's amazing athleticism incredible like that they're they're talented beyond belief and and it's ballsy like wwe is harder to do in some cases than like even like football like it's real serious like you get hurt real bad doing that but anyway it's scripted he's going to lose he's going to win but as he's losing you don't know he's going to lose until the second he lost because it's a great scripted show he gets him one two they're about to count three he pops up he flips it he reverses him it's not till the last second you know who won the WWE fight, but it's been planned. If you haven't at least considered that that's Trump and the Republican Party or vice versa, I'm not saying you have to not vote for Trump. Go vote for him. I'm not saying you don't have to, you have to hate him, love him. But if you haven't considered that it's WWE like that, I don't know what to tell you because you're just going to be fighting for a long time. And, 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 if, and if four or five years goes by, it's, it's time to consider that option. And once you consider that, you can talk to the other side more. Like if you're not a deranged liberal psychopath, it's not hard to talk to your conservative friends. Like, is it really that hard to figure out what I'm talking about? Do you not understand the pros and cons to having an open border? I'm not anti-illegal immigrant in the sense of like, I hate them. I've worked with them. I've done field work. I've worked on a farm. I've, you know what I'm saying? I, I've, I've communicated with people that were not legal citizens they're not all bad people. A lot of them are hardworking. And, you know, there's a, an argument to be made that they help the economy. And uh, But at the same time, like millions of people coming across the border illegally all the time. You don't get how that's a bad idea. When we're at war with Russia and Ukraine and I Israel and Palestine and all these foreign wars and our borders just wide open as we're funding multiple wars in, in, in other parts of the world, pissing everybody off. It, you don't understand why. Like you, you can't even meet me at that point then you're just a liar, you know? And then same with on the right, there's certain topics that like, they're just so ah, ah like yelly that they can't take a step back to realize where they got duped a little bit and where they're a little off kilter. Cause they just think, well, if I'm this and they're that, then I must be right. And that's how the elites control you. Cause their IQ points probably like 30 times higher, or they're just, you know, doing hundred year plans uh, that, that you're, you're like operating off of headlines and they're like, you know, systemically doing it where the elites, the, bankers the you know pharmaceutical industry the military industrial complex they have figured out that there's only two major political parties in the country they figured this out for 50 years now and they've lobbied everyone reagan trump biden obama all of them 
And I know you want to believe that your guy never did it. And that's why it keeps working because the liberals don't want to believe Obama did it. And the Republicans don't want to believe Trump did it. And, and the circus goes on because, because both sides are too damn stubborn. And the second you stop being so stubborn and so annoying, it's not to say every liberal is going to understand what you're saying because some of them never will. And they're idiots, but you'll find that you don't have as many enemies. Like I look at certain content now, like I see right-wing content making fun of left-wingers and it's annoying to me now. And I don't even like left-wingers like that. It's just annoying. Like how many times are you going to do the same thing? That's not that intelligent or, or thought-provoking or any of these things. And then I go to the left-wing and a lot of their content is really annoying also. But the funny thing is now, now that I've taken a step back and I realize that Republicans are mostly full of shit, some of the left-wing content making fun of them is actually true. They're actually right. And a, a lot of the right-wing content making fun of the left is also true. It's like you're both right, kind of. <laughs> like you both are doing, like you take the 10 like most annoying Republicans and you, you, you could point out their hypocrisies and double standards. Like they have the same double standards and hypocrisy that the left does. Take Dave Rubin, for example. You know, he made a living doing his free speech thing. Don't shut us down at, at college campuses. And, you know, they tried to shut Dave Rubin down and other, other of his friends and stuff. And he's like, First Amendment. And they tried to say that Dave Rubin was, his words were leading to violence and his words were connected to groups that were doing violence. And they tried to use all these things to overturn the First Amendment. And Dave Rubin said, no. And then when they do that for Palestine, Dave Rubin says yes. And he says all the same things that they said to him. All, all those like, well, you could say the same thing about Ben. Ben has said some crazy stuff about a country that's at war. But in my opinion, Ben should be allowed to have a foreign policy opinion, no matter how egregious it is. It's his opinion, you know, and war is crazy. So it's like having a crazy war opinion is all perception. What is crazy? It might be crazy to you, but it's really happening. And if you're too soft sometimes, like if Israel was too soft, Maybe Ben's right. Maybe that wouldn't be a bad, like he's allowed to have that opinion, even if I hate it or disagree with it. But if you shut down protests, that's kind of crazy. But then also left-wingers don't know how to protest without being weirdos. So it's like left-wingers learn how to protest, protest, march in the streets, say your opinion, and then I'll defend you. If you're throwing Campbell's soup cans at the Mona Lisa or like taking a shit on the street when I'm trying to get to the airport, I'm not going to like you. It's just the reality of it. It's like, you know, I might agree with some things that you're saying, but like, get out of the road, you idiot. I have somewhere to go. Unlike you, I'm productive in this society and I'm contributing something to this country, not just like being a degenerate in the middle of the street. Go away. So it's like, it's hard to defend them also because they're just so annoying and, and can't like follow the law a lot of times. And if you don't follow the law with protests and, you know, you're doing like blocking things, it's just like, stop. But then here's another one. I mean, this is just me being thoughtful about it. Isn't that what the farmers are doing? Aren't they blocking? Aren't they blocking the street, right? The farmers in other countries, aren't they blocking transit? Aren't they starting fires and doing certain stuff? Not hurting anybody, but, you know, and that's when you see, well, right-wingers will defend farmers. Like you, you, could, you could put liberal Palestine people or whatever blocking the streets and people be like, oh my gosh, they're blocking the streets. That's illegal. Run them over. And then you got farm. Would you say run a farmer over if he's blocking the street? It'd be a lot harder because they got those big ass, excuse my language, those big trucks and tractors. But, you know, you agree with causes you agree with. And when you agree with those causes, you're willing to go further than than on the other side. All I'm saying is if people had a little bit more self-awareness, we might be able to fix the food in this country. It doesn't matter if you're a liberal or you're conservative or you're 100 pounds or 300 pounds. 
we could benefit from eating a burger that's a burger or bread that's bread or, you know, ketchup that's tomato. Not all these other alien ingredients. But we never get to that point because there's never a moment that people come together. There's always some sort of like a race thing. There's always some sort of a... And the way to get around that, I know it's not always easy, but just speak the truth and be thoughtful about it. And you'd be shocked how many people actually get behind you, like it, are inspired by it, don't get mad at you. I say whatever I think about race. In fact, I do want to say something about pilots like and stereotyping because I think it's funny. Um, and <laughs> I know that's a hard place to end, but uh, I'll get to that in a second. But in general, I say exactly what I think about demographics, about race, about culture, about America. I don't get that much hate from black people or any like it's not like people are like, oh, my God, that's right. Like because I just say what's real. And most people are like, no, that's true. They can feel my energy. They're like, he's not being like negative. But some people are, you know, some conservatives are. I'm not saying they're wrong. Their message is not necessarily wrong. They're just annoying and they're yelling and they're and they're just annoying. You know, like I listen to them and I'm, I'm like annoyed. Like it's like it's almost like they're not trying. They're not trying to be effective and wake people up. They're trying to just piss people off and uh, make money off it. That's my opinion. But when it comes to the pilot thing, this has nothing to do with any of that, but it is funny. And, you know, we could all use a good joke. Everybody stereotypes in some form in, in the world everyone does it and if you don't do it i'm not going to say it doesn't make sense but it's like you know some of these liberals will be like i don't think about anything it's like well that's why you got punched in the face in new york city at 2 a.m because you're not thinking about like you have no situational awareness before you get to stereotyping it's like situational awareness like when you stop at a stop sign do you just go because you're supposed to go that's an option but also you could pay attention to other people making mistakes there's levels to it the other night I was driving and I had a weird feeling for whatever reason that this guy was driving too fast to the stop sign. I had the right of way, but he was coming fast. So I, I, I basically watched to see if he would hit me. He didn't. But then he ran two red lights in front of me. Like I could tell he was driving crazy. That's the next level of situational awareness. I'm not stereotyped. Like I couldn't even see who's in the car. It's just like car moving fast. I noticed that I'm going to make sure he doesn't just T-bone me. And he didn't, but he did like literally blow two red lights like he was running away from the cops or something. It was crazy. But I saw it. That's like situational awareness. You got these liberals that walk the streets. They're like, I'm so not racist. I don't notice anything. It's like before you even get to the level of stereotyping or racism, as you would call it, it's like you get to the level of like, do you pay attention? What neighborhood are you in? What time is it? Have people got robbed here in the last couple of weeks? Do you want to get robbed? Do you have a fancy watch on? Are you walking around like a doofus? Uh, you know, are you a prime target? Are you like meat to a, you know, in it? Like these, <laughs> like I don't have any of that. I'm sure you don't because you're a dumbass. Like <laughs> I do have all those things. That's why I pay attention. And then when it comes to like stereotyping, that's the next level of situational awareness is now you're judging people based off of how they're acting and what they look like. Not necessarily, oh, race. Because if you see a guy with like a handlebar mustache with his wife walking out of a, you don't care if he's Indian, black or white. You're like, dude, that guy looks super harmless. And here's the catch. He might not be like, it, you're not always right. Sometimes the most unexpecting people are criminals. And sometimes the nicest, like, it doesn't mean you're right, but everyone does it. Do they not? You don't, you don't see a guy running real fast, making sounds 
and, and think he's more sketchy than like, uh, you know, someone else walking down the street. No, you don't have that thought. You're like, oh, I, I judge that guy just like everyone else. I don't. If you're walking crazy, like I know the difference between someone walking with their friends and someone lurking. You know, I lived in a city for seven years. I had no car. I walked around Los Angeles for seven years, taking hundreds of buses, hundreds of trains, walked probably hundreds or thousands of miles by myself at night during day. Of course, I pay attention to everything and everybody. And I judge people based on a lot of things, how they're acting. The joke that I had uh, when it comes to the airplane debate, where it's like, would you say I had my hair down like this, right? And I'm just like hanging out, broing out. Would you look at me in the cockpit and be like, oh, I'm glad he's driving the plane. I wouldn't. I'm very judgmental in some ways. I'm not like very overly like I don't I don't say like you're beyond repair or anything or I like once I meet you, I know who you really are. So I don't have to like judge. But if I saw me as a pilot, I would be like, I'd rather have some orange haired like 50 year old guy with a buzz cut that looks like he he's from Utah. Why? I don't know. That's what most of my pilots tend to look like. And, uh, you know, I would I would be I'd be like, why does that guy have long hair? Like I'm a hip hop artist. I'm a news analyst. I'm a interesting guy, I guess. Like I'm not a pilot. There's a reason. Probably if I was a pilot, I'd probably cut my hair and act right. There's nothing wrong. If you saw me in a cockpit, it doesn't make you a bad person for being like, I don't trust that. You could be wrong. I could be the best pilot in the world, but who cares? Who cares if you're wrong? It's called like a self-awareness, situational awareness, and judging based on pattern recognition and data to defend yourself and protect yourself. That's why these liberals that say they don't think anything, yeah, that's why you're getting slapped up in, in the streets of New York City all the time because you're an idiot. You're weak. You're, you know, if this were a jungle you're 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 everybody's food you know what i'm saying like you're you're like the oh <laughs> you know all the all the lions are like look at this guy that's you that's why you don't think of anything you know if you're if you're, if you're not that <laughs> you think about these things um you know obviously most pilots are white so then that discussion came out about like i don't know about these black pilots let me give you an example of where stereotyping other things supersedes race i would feel better and i bet most people would whether they admit it or not if your pilot was black but he looked like carl from like that sitcom you know what i'm saying handlebar mustache or like david dorn rest in peace like that type of like you know black dad vibe you know that everybody knows what i'm talking about you saw him as a pilot with a smile and, a, and his handlebar mustache or you saw a white dude that was 33 with a neck tat and a face tat are you telling me you'd want the white guy just because he's white? No, you'd want the black dad vibes because he looks like a pilot. He looks like he's like got that vibe. I've had, I've looked, I always look at my pilots now. Almost every time they almost look exactly the same. I'm not even just saying that. They all have like this look where like you just see them and they just look like that. And, and you don't even like see these people out that much. They're just flying planes all over the world. Doesn't mean it's true, but it doesn't make you a bad or hateful person for stereotyping people based on how they look if if i get up on stage and you say this guy's gonna suck right i perform with the band trapped and uh i do songs and and i'm at a rock show and i rap so my guess is the first thought if people don't know who i am and they don't know the song they might think this guy's gonna suck or he's rapping this is gonna be stupid i don't i'm not like oh you're racist you hate me it's like no i like that like you don't think i'm gonna be good 
And then at the end of it, you're like, oh, I thought you were going to suck because you had long hair. I thought you were going to suck because you started rapping and you're white or whatever. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like you can earn respect is earned, not given. And a lot of people's like, especially with the police, it's like they're not. I mean, I'm sure some might be like racist, quote unquote, but a lot of them, it's like pattern recognition. If 95% of the crime is a certain demographic, do you think they're going to be on the prowl looking for like, you know, like Asian women 24? No, because that's not the demographic of the murders going on and the theft. That's the reality of their life. That's what they're doing. Pattern recognition saves their lives. I'm not saying that they should just stop everybody of a certain skin tone, but it's like, you, you can't let it, you be like, oh, why don't you do this as a police? Because it doesn't make statistic sense. If you can, if you can say that 90 something percent of the violent crime is men, you're not going to be looking for women doing stuff because it's just like basic math in, in your profession. And then you go a step further and then everyone calls you a name, but that's their world, you know, it, and it's not an easy one to live in or have to do because there's a lot of crazy people out there especially with the border open and especially with uh, some of the prosecutors out here. So, you know, I could say all that stuff and I'm sure there were probably a few people like, I can't believe you said that, but it's really not that crazy of a thing to say or think. And, um, you know, I guarantee you that there's gotta be people of 30 different races and ethnicities and cultures listening to this. And I guarantee all of them are like, no, nah, that totally makes sense. I do the same thing. You're going to walk up to a taco sp spot and have like an Asian guy there and be like, oh, this is going to be authentic Mexican. No, you're going to be like, what is this? Like Korean barbecue mixed with uh, tacos. And then they're like, oh, you're racist. No, I'm just making tacos. I don't know, bro. There's this guy, Choi, uh, in LA who used to make a taco truck that was Korean barbecue. I like, you're not going to think that where if you got someone who can't even speak English in a taco truck, you're thinking, well, yeah, they, this is on brand you know or an italian restaurant run by like an old asian lady it's not like you hate her you're just like are you the best italian chef around here? <laughs> like is that not normal but if you have like an italian guy hey what's up a meatball and you're like oh this guy's awesome you know no no one does no one else do that that thought doesn't cross your mind it doesn't make you a good person if that thought doesn't cross your mind it makes you like fake like because obviously that that thought crosses everyone's mind but like i don't think that it's like why i want italian food from like a based italian grandpa but if you could find some old asian lady that makes it better then that's a cool story too but you're not a bad person for assuming that it might not be that let me know what you guys think i'm gonna i i close the comments for the whole stream i was just trying to stay laser focused um Tim Purcell said, you just don't have the voice for rapping. You would get big a big no on American Idol. Tim, how come every time everybody try to, tries to say stuff like that, they can't spell? You spelled American Idol, and you spelled idol like letting time pass by. So you, could, you don't have the brain for kindergarten. You would get a big no on, uh, on the spelling bee for Mrs. Gonzalez. How, how's that? So that's, that's your opinion. This is mine. You don't you don't have the brain for a kindergarten spelling bee. You would get a big no from mommy, daddy, and the teacher because you're too dumb to even spell a four-letter word properly. Um, tell that to my tens of millions of streams and sold-out shows and roaring applauses. They would disagree. I'm not. I'm not immune to criticism. It's just like, why do all my critics? Why are they all like at below kindergarten level of spelling? American Idol, I-D-L-E. What is that? Where you just fall asleep and wake up, wake up and eat more Cheez-Its. 
Someone said, we, we have a Hawaiian restaurant run by Mexicans in my town. Well, to be fair, you know, Mexicans are working at a lot of restaurants nowadays. Everybody knows that. It's not like, and, and they do fine. I'm just saying like, it, it, it doesn't make you a bad person if you saw like a white guy own a Mexican restaurant and you're like, oh, it's not going to be as good as if like a Mexican like ran it. But then you eat there and then, and then once you eat the food, you know how good it is. So your first opinion doesn't matter. It's like if you saw a guy walking down the street in a hoodie, like making noises and you thought he was going to stab you. And then he's like, yo, I'm just rapping. I got a new album. And he's like a, your best friend. Your thought of what you thought it was isn't doesn't matter anymore because now you know what the situation is. You know the energy. You know the reason he was acting weird or moving. I used to do that sometimes, like walk and just rap to myself. But um, what I'm saying is if you have good intentions and you know your heart and your soul, don't let people make you think that that's like a bad you're a bad person. It's like, it's, it's everyone, everyone has situational awareness. Everyone has some sort of pattern recognition and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. The problem is everybody's just so fake. And in every race, whether it's white or black or Jewish or any Asian or any name a race, I don't really care, whatever. The activists of the race are never the coolest people. If the coolest black guy, the realest and coolest Jew and the realest and coolest white European or Russian or whoever. And, and, and you got like everyone in the, in the realest Arab. If they all sat in a room, they'd all be friends and they'd all agree. And they'd all be like, yeah, you know, our people do do that. But also it's not my fault. But also we do these good things. And also we could work together and like the world could be awesome. But if you look at the race activists that rise to prominence in every race, it's never the best people in all races. It's always like the most annoying guy. And that's why he's a race activist because he wouldn't, he couldn't make it in the NBA. He couldn't do anything else. Clearly he can't run a business that helps people. He's not a good chef. So he's got to be that guy. You know, that guy in every race is always the most annoying people. It's like journalism. Like are the best journalists journalism? No, mentally ill people are journalists and they hate themselves and they sit online all the day and talk shit about everybody else. And they don't even make sense about it. And they have zero compassion or reason. And they work for big corporations. It's like, you know, the the races could get along more in this country and in the world if more honest people were allowed to be at the forefront. But you, you don't have that. You got like the most annoying people. And then when you see annoying people take no accountability, it doesn't make you like people more. It makes race relations worse. If you had people of every race come out and admit the bad things and the bad patterns going on, but at the same time, we're able to like compliment your people and not just be like a total sellout. Then things could be fixed. My, the things that make me trust other people more is when they're willing to be honest. And then you're like, Oh, I could trust this person. Oh, they're, they're not lying. When you come out, you know, I don't want to start with the race cause then it's going to seem racist. But like, you know, if you, <laughs> it's like, if you go to a lot of these black activists, not all of them, cause there's a lot of real ones. They just never make it on television. There's a lot of really intelligent black leaders. Um, but the press hates all the intelligent ones and they promote all the shitty ones, but you know, that the shitty ones they put on TV, they'll never admit the problems going on in the community. So it makes other people think that they want those problems cause they won't face those problems. It's not saying you have to take all the blame. It's not saying that no one else is doing anything, but can you take accountability for some things and then say that if you can't do that, then it's hard for people that see the problems to be like, why are you not telling the truth about that? Why? Like, why won't you? And, and that goes in white and all these other communities as well. It's just, uh, 
I don't know. People just don't want to be honest in this world for whatever reason. Um, someone said I'm a pretty good rapper, Sister T. All right, that's a cool name, Sister T. I, I, I see, you know, I see a future. Unlike that guy, he's like, you'd never make it on American Idol, bro. I don't think I would do well on American Idol. American Idol is for like very talented singers with beautiful voices. I'm not a singer, so yeah, I would I would not do good on American Idol, but. I got bars. I like when people say that. It makes me want to just, just drop drop a four minute banger. Um, let me see. TV media is just an arm of the government. Worse in in what is that? New what North Korea? Oh, worse than in North Korea. I got with you. Um, trying to read a few more comments. Then I'm gonna take off. Appreciate you guys. I'm gonna keep this under an hour thirty. I had a good day. Hopefully everybody had one as well. And uh, yeah, we'll keep it cooking. Later this week, I believe we're having G. Edward Griffin on the show. He's a good friend of the show. And uh, yeah, I'll play the clip. I, I meant to play it today. I forgot, but I made an Instagram reel and a Facebook reel uh, of the G. Edward Griffin clip. And uh, he's 92 years old now. I said he was 90, but he's 92. Uh, I'm excited to have him on the show. He's my favorite guest. I'm too good for Idol. I'm not like... I, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. But uh, American Idol, like these people have amazing voices. You know, that's what American Idol is. It's for a great singer. I'm not a great singer. I'm not even a good singer. I'm an okay singer at best. I'm a good rapper. I think I'm a great rapper, a great lyricist, a great poet. American Idol is not for poetry. You know, I, I'm not a, I would do horribly. Um, it's not a good competition. A battle rap competition, that's a different story. Spoken word poetry, Def Jam poetry, I would do great, but definitely not American Idol. I don't even mind like this guy, it's like if you don't if you don't get on Ellen or you know, I know because even my mom, like she'd always be like, Go on Ellen. And I was like, No, nah, I don't think I'm allowed on like television like that. But you know, when you just watch TV, you think like, Oh, you need these people to make like American Idol, they get crazy contracts too. I mean, it's not bad if no one knew who you were before and they made you famous and rich, but the contracts they put you in when you do American Idol, it wouldn't even make sense for me to do it because they, they'd like take a bunch of my stuff and I wouldn't even do well on the show because I'm a shitty singer. But let me see. Someone said that's all fine and dandy, but Trump will be president by next time this year. God bless you, Greg. This is what I'm talking about with people. Like when I was talking about the left and the right, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to be rude, Greg. God bless you. Have a good week. But uh, it's like just like there's left wingers that are annoying. Like they're just annoying, and they just like say the same things on loop. And they're like there's right wingers that are annoying too. And like we, I don't think we've talked about Trump in like 40 minutes, right? We're talking about totally different stuff, which is fine. And like you come to the conversation, you're like, yeah, it's, that's fine and dandy, but Trump, it's like you're who I was talking about 40 minutes ago, where like I'm probably gonna vote for Trump, but it's like. We're, we'll be like talking about like basketball and you're, you're like drooling. And it's like the only word you could say is like Trump. It's like, how's the weather tonight? Like, Trump. I'm like, no, like how much, uh, like, is it 70 degrees out or is it cloudy? And you're like, it is Trump. It's Trump's going to be the president. Or Trump. You're like, no, I'm, no, I like Trump. It's fine. I was, like, Trump. I was like, can you even like make a sentence anymore? Trump. You're like, what happened to that guy? It's like, Dude, he spent four years watching Benny Johnson and Cat Turd, and he, dude, he can't say words anymore. He literally just says Trump, and he can just hurl out random insults every three minutes. He spells words wrong, and he 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 does caps lock on everything. I don't know why, but like, dude, he, the guy's been gone for five years, and you're like, bro, are we gonna? You want to get a taco or not? Like, All right, dude, I got I got you. You know, so I don't. 
like liking Trump, voting for Trump, that's all good. But if you can't even like speak or converse without saying Trump, people are not going to like you. You're not going to you're not going to help Trump. Like if Trump loses, it's going to be because of that. It's going to be because like people that like Trump are just like Trump, Trump. They're like, OK, like, is that what's your pitch to like get people to vote for him? I'm just going to be annoying and yell at you and, and hurl insults. Yeah, this is it's like that's why people vote the other way because they don't like you. You know, like you're not wrong, but they don't like you because like the left is good at like faking compassion and, and figuring out how to get people over. And you like yell at people who even agree with you, like and you just like yell Trump without even like explaining why it's like you're it's like people are becoming a stereotype of like what they said you were uh they the guy tim said i like anomaly i just hate rap you got roasted for spelling idol wrong but i don't care like i'm not i'm not asking for like your uh your your, your almighty love and streams or something i'm fine you know my my one of my biggest songs has like probably at least i don't i i can't count everything but on spotify is 3.5 million streams that's more than any video i have on youtube so I'm not, I'm self-aware. I understand that more people like my news analysis. I'm more popular for that. I'm not as known for my rap, but you have to understand my biggest video on YouTube has less than a million views. My biggest, my biggest music video on, on YouTube has 900,000 views. My, my second biggest YouTube music, like my music videos are bigger on YouTube than my news is. My most streamed song has more than my biggest YouTube, um, my Instagrams and TikToks or whatever Facebooks do fine, but I'm no slouch. It's just, I don't mix. I'm not like not doing news to get attention with rap, you know, like I'll do a rap show and then I'll do my new show and I don't always cross it. But when people come here to be like, you can't rap, it makes me want to write a diss track. I'm, you know, then I get my pen out and I'm like, Oh, Tim really want to talk back. And you know, and then I, and then I write a whole poem and I'm like, why did I do that? I should have just made a good song, but it's okay. Anomaly president in 2028. You got to go way further than 2028. I was, I'm going to make my mugs again. I think it was like anomaly for president for like 2040 or 2048. I'm picking a year, like 50 years and ahead or 20 years ahead. And I'm making, I'm going to make mugs like that again. Anomaly for president, but it's going to be like 2048 or 2056 or something. I don't really want to run then, but look at Biden's 81, Trump's 78 or 77. Um, I'm 34. RFK 70. I could double my life and still be younger than all of them. How crazy is that? They're all, you double my entire lifespan and I'm significantly younger than Trump and Biden. Give me like 20, 25 years, 30 years. Like I'm not trying to, politics is crazy though. The media is crazy, but it's getting to a point. I, I want to end this soon, but um, it's getting to a point now that the news and the headlines, they don't mean anything anymore. Elon, you don't have to like him. You don't have to put a computer chip in your head. He has done, I understand social media marketing probably better than I understand most things, but uh, he's done a fantastic, like Elon is smart. Trump is funny. Trump's not dumb. He's good at like business deals, but there's things that Trump's like really bad at. Like as a leader, I don't think he's a good leader. I think he's a good team member, but if he's the head of your operation, I don't see us succeeding in the next like 10 years. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying like, I don't, Elon's like playing chess where it's like, he's helped make news irrelevant, you know, just by taking off the headline, not allowing you to see it on Twitter. Like he's crushing the news, making fun of them. It's at the point now where like four years ago, a headline really means something. 
Now, no one cares about a headline. Like it literally means nothing. It, it's like so irrelevant compared to what it was four years ago. It's like almost like a bad thing. Like these companies are like going out of business. They're like, they have to fire everybody. Like no one likes them. Like it's good. And Elon's helping with that. Obviously Trump helped with it too. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. The press is crazy and they will definitely go nuts on you if you run for president. But over time, it's becoming less and less important because um, people don't care anymore. That's why they're doing new things with the green energy credits and the you know celebrity endorsements. And they're, they're, they're trying to figure out new ways to be relevant because they've lost the power of the press traditionally, but they still have the money. They still have the corporations. They still have the networks. So now they're trying to find a new way to, to do it because like the old way of doing it is not working. Appreciate you guys. God bless you. You have a beautiful day. I'm out. I'll be back tomorrow, possibly with G. Edward Griffin. I haven't checked my email. It's not, it's my fault, but he wants to come on the show. He's pumped. He's my favorite guest. We've had him on twice. If you watch any show this year of mine, watch the one with G. Edward Griffin, 92 years old, author of Creature of Jekyll Hyde or something like that about the Federal Reserve banking system. Uh, the 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 architect of the Yuri Besmanov interview. You know, been sounding the alarm for a hundred years on stuff that still makes sense to this day. And he speaks fluently and eloquently at 92. It's truly incredible. So you got to see that. He's like the he's like the Michael Jordan of just like truthers that just never even got that much credit, although he's starting to now because he's such a nice guy. He's so calm. He's not mean. I, I don't think he gets too much negative press. I'm sure he gets some, but he's he's just like a standout guy. I love that guy. All right. Appreciate you guys. I'll be back soon. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't